0: What's up guys, John Stacy here, your host of Thick, Strong, and Awkward, the podcast. Today I got to talk to Adam Dirks, otherwise known as AJ Dirks on Instagram, and he is one half of the Dirks Strong training program, coaches, whatever you want to call them. Um, They do some great things, and Adam himself, he has been a world's strongest man competitor under 280 pounds, which is damn near unheard of. He uh, is a prominent 105 and has been in the game since 2006. Uh, He's held the 105 deadlift world record. He's one of three, probably two 105s to ever pull uh, 900 pounds. Um, Yeah, anyway, I'll let him tell you all about everything he's got going on as he's getting ready for the world record stone attempt, as well as clash qualifier Clash of the Cumberland in Nashville in January. Without further ado, here we go. How you doing, man? Good. How are you? Good. Good. You know, hanging out. 7 p.m. Can't complain too much about today, I guess. All right. Yo. it's cold here is it where you're in wisconsin you got some snow on the ground
1: oh, yeah yeah we got some snow today and yesterday actually
0: oh wow how much yeah
1: not uh like three inches or so oh not too bad no not yet,
0: not yeah. yet. yeah you're used to it around there though yeah yeah i'm from alaska so we got a fair bit of snow obviously uh oh yeah And then moved to Washington where if it snowed at all, everybody lost their shit. And now I'm in Texas where, I mean, you saw what happened last year probably with the full shutdown on the state. So yeah, sure. We'll see see how this year goes. Yeah. So are you been, you're getting ready to, uh, to do the stone series or the stone record at least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's in, I think I leave, uh, next Wednesday. So eight days and then I leave, um, it was kind of last minute uh for me. So that kind of kind of sucked. But I mean, I'm always ready to load heavy stones. So
0: <laughs> what what made you decide to jump into it?
1: Well, actually I I kind of had um reached out to Darren about it when I I forget, I I saw somebody post the heavy stone video and then I read that there that there was gonna be a, a chance for a world record and then Somebody had said to me that you had to qualify by doing a Zercher squat. Um <laughs> I mean I kind of laughed at it and I'm I still kind of laugh at it. I, I guess I don't remember what the reasoning was for it. I totally forgot anyway, but I reached out to Darren, he had told me that, yep, that's that's what you have to do. Um okay, well, I, I wasn't really interested in doing it. It's not a one, it's not a movement that I do. Yeah, and I'm not just gonna jump into it. <laughs> Um, so I'm I, I just kind of lost interest, so uh, I just kind of overlooked it. And then, uh, I think two weeks ago now, then Darren had reached out to me. He said, Hey, if you're still interested in doing a stone, you can come on out and do it. You don't need to, you don't need to do the zercher squat. So,
0: sure.
1: okay, so I said, All right. Um, which it also then kind of sucked because I, I wasn't uh planning on doing a weight cut or anything like that until January. Uh mm-hmm. so I kind of had to speed that process up. Um but yeah, so I'll give it a crack and, and see how it goes.
0: Yeah, what, what do you yeah. usually walk around at as a big cut for you?
1: Ah, uh, that's a big question. Um it it all <laughs> depends. Like if I walk around and I literally just kind of eat what I want, my body likes to kind of be in that 260. Okay. Um so basically clean up Clean up my food and you know it's not it's not hard for me to get down um and then do water cut. But yeah, I i did a bigger cut once when I did the uh world record deadlift. I think that was two years ago now. Um and I, I cut from 260. Um, and that was that was rough. I definitely won't do that again, um, especially since I plan on competing in the one Oh fives, uh, this, this next, this next year. Uh, yeah. so I don't want to be too heavy cause he won't recover quick enough for the for next
0: sure. one. Um,
1: so yeah, I, I plan to be down at least two hundred and fifty, probably.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you're trying to <laughs> jump into the clash circuit and you're doing a couple of shows and stuff, it's going to be tough to, to weigh much more than that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. And I got, a, I got a couple of buddies helping me with it that are, that are pretty, pretty good with water cuts. Um, So I'm not too worried about it.
0: Cool. Did you, did you originally start as a one Oh five? Is that what happened? And then you kind of moved up and got into the ranks or.
1: Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, my body weight was always one Oh five. And back when I started, I started in shit. This would have been probably 2007, 2008. Um, I was, no, heck that would have been probably maybe even 2006. I might've started. Okay. Um, so back then, anyway, there was only one Oh five and lighter mm-hmm. or over. That was it. Right. Um, so when I started strongman, I was only 140, 150 pounds. Um, so obviously that's all I could compete in. Yeah. Eventually they got the teens going, um, which I was lucky enough to have the people around me that I trained with my brothers, all of them were professionals. So they were. That's what I looked for, right? So I always had them as my standard. Mm-hmm. So the goal for me was to always go to World's Strongest Man. Um, I never really had the goal to go to 105, never had the goal to go to the Arnold. That was never in my mind. I just wanted to go to World Strongest Man. Okay. Um, so I did do the last 105 show I did. It was in Dallas, Texas, Europa. Johnny Wasiko won the 105s. I believe I took like fifth. Um, Tyler Stickle, I think, took like second, something like that. I want to say this was in 2012, 2014, okay. somewhere there. Yeah. After that show, I kind of said, fuck it, like I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my money. This is mm-hmm. not what I want to do. I want to go to Worlds. Mm-hmm. So after that, I never really did a one o five show any show that I could get into as a heavyweight I got into um so I never really steered in the one o five direction at all
0: um yeah yeah, your site's a little higher than that
1: just the sites were on worlds and if it did at that time if it didn't get me to worlds, I wasn't doing it okay um, that's just how it was uh but yeah
0: yeah so you started in 2006 or seven yeah and- that's when I started
1: dabbling well I, I dabbled in uh strongman as well but just that back then it was you only really did like strongman on Saturdays for some reason that was just how it was back <laughs> yeah. then right um so during the week my brother and my brother-in-laws they would they got me the power lift they started when I was 13. So I started powerlifting and competing right away in powerlifting. Strongman was just training. Um, and then I did my first Strongman show when I was 14, 15. Okay. Um, as a lightweight, obviously mm-hmm. 105, because that's all there was. Um, I mean, I got my ass kicked, but I still did it. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I just keep on going.
0: So. That's awesome. And then what? So 2006 and then 11, 12 years later, you were on the stage at WSM, right?
1: Yeah. So let's see. So I graduated high school in 2010. So then I started, I actually kind of got into the pro scene. Um, There was a, I got up into Canada with my brother-in-law, Jason Bergman. He went to worlds a handful of times. Um, So I'd go up to Canada with him and I would get to compete with uh, JF, Maxine, all of them when I was, you know, very young. Uh, So I got to do some of the semi-pro shows, some of the pro shows up there. And then I actually should have gotten a heavyweight pro card way back when I was like 20. (laughs) There was a competition called Battle of the Beach uh, in Milwaukee. And it was a pro-am. And it was like one of the only pro-ams back then that they had and at the time. But at that time, that was right when... um, Willie was kind of going with USS and Dion was kind of mm. so kind of split right there. Well, that competition kind of stayed with Willie. But then the guy, the promoters like, you know what? I don't want to go with anybody. But the lineup was still Dave Oslin, um, Derek Devon, uh, Dimitar, all these pro guys that I was still the amateur. Well, I took mm-hmm. second. I lost to Dave by half a point. So I should have then got my pro card at that point in time and never happened. You know, I kind of asked about it, but I just kind of got brushed off. I'm like, well, whatever. It is what it is. Um, and that's kind of where the pro scene kind of came in for me. And then uh, once Giants Live came into the U.S.,
0: got right in there that's awesome so we used you got giants live to get qualified for wsm i'm I'm, I'm unfamiliar with how you got there
1: yeah so the first year giants live came to the u.s they had a show before the giants live um which was like the official like the opening of official strongman games Uh, so they had it where for the heavyweight guys the winner of that amateur show and the, those events got to then compete the following year in the Giants Live Show. So mm-hmm. I went there. It was the events where there were max deadlifts, uh, max log, and I think it was like a three fifty farmers down and back or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went as a heavyweight again. The goal was world. So I I remember stepping on the scale there. I was two forty five fully clothed. Um. And I won the heavyweights, wow. so then so that qualified me for that next year's Giants Live. They offered me to compete again that next day in the uh, in the men's competition. Mm-hmm. Um, I turned it down more so because I was just focused on the events that I had to do. I didn't and I didn't do any of those events if yeah. that was not the plan. Uh, so I, I turned it down. But then uh six or seven days later i got uh colin called me and then invited me to the world deadlift championships so then they flew me out to the uk um so i got to do that and got invited to do the deadlift there
0: is that that's not when you broke the world record right that was a few years later yeah
1: yeah so back then i i mean i could have I mean I know when I got there just from flying and stuff I was all of probably 240 maybe mm-hmm. even under and the opening weight there was 400 kilos. Um, wow. Yeah and it the warm up sucked because you have to you warm up and then they do the intro so you got 30 minutes of intro Well, then there's your opening weight. Um wow. Yeah I I could have broke it back then but you know injuries happen and Yeah and
0: life goes on. So what kind of substantial injuries have you dealt with? I mean, you've been in it for fucking 15 years now, basically. So yeah,
1: six, 16 years. Yeah. Um, so thankfully I've never had to have surgery. Um, That's right. Surgery for strong uh, I've torn tons of muscle bellies, mm-hmm. but I think because of when I started powerlifting, when I was so young, And I wrestled for nine years before I started that my, my tendons and my ligaments are just so developed and so strong that I I never tore a tendon, never nothing. So all of my injuries are all muscle belly related.
0: Um, Would you say with, you started obviously pretty young, uh, lifting heavy, like you said, uh, how was your progression there? Were you kind of, uh, were you maxing out all the time? Like most people were in high school or was it? Yeah,
1: back yeah okay. back then. Um, back then, I mean, obviously we didn't know, you know, times evolved with training and program. Sure. Um, I mean, we would basically go in the gym, hit a heavy squat, do leg accessories. You know, that would be a Monday, a Tuesday, max out on some sort of log press or something. Then shoulder work and then Wednesday off do a deadlift day max out your deadlift right. and then saturdays we'd run through five events at comp weight <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was it was stupid um obviously i learned the hard way but but yeah it's a lot different training nowadays versus how it was back then um, yeah for sure and and just how much mon- how much more access you have to the equipment nowadays yeah. or then. i mean I thankfully have all my own stuff because of us building it for so many years. I have it all. Um, but there's not a lot of places that have it. So,
0: yeah, sure. I, I mean, I know even now, you know, it can be a little bit of a pain to find a gym wherever you move to, or, you know, people trying to get into the sport that find out about it, trying to find a gym that has the stuff for you to learn how to compete or do the implements properly. Um, I can't, and there's still, it's in pretty much every city now though, uh, I couldn't imagine 15 years ago trying to find this shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's not, there's still, there's still nothing. There's nothing within an hour of, of mm. my house even. Yeah. Um, Which is why I built my own little place next to my house. So it's convenient for us.
0: Yeah. Um, Speaking of uh, training changes and whatnot, you, you got into coaching and training people yourself. How long have you been doing that?
1: Um, well, it's six years now.
0: Uh, I mean, I've
1: always helped people, Mm -hmm. Uh, obviously, throughout my entire career. I love helping people. I I like the satisfaction of just seeing somebody progress over something that I've learned. Mm -hmm. Uh, But as far as making it a business and being serious, you know, more serious about it in six years. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. You have pretty good uh, athlete retention. People stay with you for a long time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we have. We. I mean, I think our longest. Hey, Kimberly, how long is our longest client been with us uh, four four years, five years,
0: Yeah, 16, five years. Yeah. Coming up on six. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. We try to keep, I mean, we try to build the bonds as well, you know, yeah. I mean, like to personally know we don't have a big roster of, of athletes. Um, but the ones that we do have, who obviously are very close with, um, which I think helps. Right. Sure. So,
0: yeah. You got to build those relationships. And I mean, your athletes have to trust you when your programming, right. To stick with you and to, uh, Excel where they're trying to. Absolutely. Absolutely. What, uh, you were talking to me a little bit on Instagram about your coaching like protocols, what you do when you have people around, um, you want to elaborate a little bit more on that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We, I feel like that's one thing that, that Kim and I are able to offer to, and not only necessarily like clients, because we have people that we don't train as well, but because we have our own private facility at home, we're we're able to have clients fly in or friends fly in, people that just want to learn fly in. Um, we have several spare bedrooms. Um, so that way they can just stay right with us and it's a whole mm-hmm. weekend of training, eating, awesome. and learning. Yeah, that's right. Um, and I and I feel like uh like when I was younger, so my brother, like when they would get ready for the big shows, like Brian Shaw would come in and train and Dave Osler would come over and train. And they would, you'd get the best guys together to train. And I, and it, I don't, I can't fathom why pro guys that live so much closer and they don't train together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a I weird don't one.
1: understand it. I don't understand it. Um, you need that. You need that push, and you need that competitiveness. And so, one thing that like we're gonna, Kim and I are doing. We've been doing it for a while, but we're gonna kind of grow it this year. Is normally every year before Worlds, um, Evan comes out. Um, Kevin Ferris has been out. We get these these guys that come out, and we get them together, and we go through stuff. Um, not only is it just gonna benefit them having other eyes helping, but they have the athletes they're gonna compete with. Mm-hmm. you know to help push right It's uh, so like this year we're we're gonna have so far I have up to I think four four guys that are gonna come maybe more but four okay. so far that's a good uh, number yeah. to get ready for worlds so I just I kind of I kind of look at it like you see the UFC right they have like these camps where athletes come in and you do all of this stuff and, and I, and we're, we're trying to build that, like our house is even getting built to accommodate it. Um, I just feel like that's something that we, we can offer to people, right. Mm-hmm. We're just fortunate enough to do it. So we're going to do it. Um, and there's no coaches that do that.
0: Yeah. None that I'm aware of. Uh, I think that's an interesting correlation I wasn't thinking about, uh, when you were talking about it was the UFC thing. And yeah, that's very true. Yeah. They go yeah, and they stay really together. They live nice. together. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. Um, especially a lot of the big guys now it's like there's there's getting to be a lot more money in it so a lot mm-hmm. of these guys are going to hopefully be able to pull back on their full-time jobs so they can focus more on that mm-hmm. you know so it would be nice to see a couple guys come and train for a, a full week right sure um but at the end of the day they got to be able to make money to do that and yeah. by getting bigger and better shows that's that's how it's going to happen
0: it's it's moving that direction slowly but surely <laughs>
1: 100% i remember I remember uh back when I started just the women's class there would be two, three women in the class. Like and not even at any show, every show. Yeah. Like and now it's just so many.
0: Yeah, how many I mean how many you were up at uh the Rainier Classic? How many women were competing there? I feel like there was more women than men, which is pretty unusual.
1: I uh no offense to the men because they they know I love them all, but I preferred watching the women's class. Yeah. They they Uh, were stacked. It was a stacked class and it was, it was anybody's game that day. So it was, it was fun to watch.
0: Yeah. It was a great show. Yeah. 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 What uh, are you, so the coaching and everything, is that your full-time job now or do you have another?
1: No, No, I, I help out with that with what Kim needs me to help with her. If she needs help. So Kim runs that business part. Gotcha. I, I still run a a full-time job uh, on fabricating. Um, I've been doing it since I was 18. I love it and enjoy it. I don't want to, I don't even want to step away from it. Maybe eventually. I don't know. I like the security of it, I think. And I think it's smart to have. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
0: Money's pretty decent in that line of field too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's It's nice. And, and just the stuff you learn in it too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can make anything.
0: Um, and that comes so, in handy and strong.
1: <laughs> that is very, yeah, I have, I mean, we, we have implements that we have to spec for world's strongest man that we built. Um, That's rad. Yeah. So even uh, uh, like farmer's walks, like the old if the farmer's walk, I have replicas of those, the super yoke. I have replicas of all that stuff. Wow. Um, yeah
0: yeah that's some that's some old school stuff ifs this stuff yeah yeah that's old <laughs> that's for sure do you know so we were talking a little bit about the money increasing do you happen to know when you were at wsm in 18 what the prize money was
1: uh, i don't remember i don't remember i know i got like two thousand bucks i think
0: i mean it's something you were probably in like botswana or some shit though right
1: uh we we're in the philippines
0: okay oh. <laughs> So that covered your plane ticket, maybe?
1: Yeah. Well, no, my all my stuff was was covered. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, flight, hotel, all of everything is covered. Um, uh, but we had to pay for, for Kim's flight. Sure.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. Does she usually join you at all your shows? Or has she like been
1: Yeah, also? yeah, she yeah, she normally goes to them. Um she's obviously probably, I mean, she knows me the best, so she knows how to handle everything for me the best. Mm-hmm. um but actually well this will probably be when i go to denver will be the first one she doesn't go to in quite a while oh really yeah just because we got we got a bunch of stuff coming up and then we have two dogs so it's hard for both of us to leave and stuff you know being sure. kept up right here and stuff like that so
0: and it's just, just a stone event i mean it's gonna be fun and it's gonna be tough yeah, but you know it's yeah, not a full yeah. comp.
1: yeah she'll be um, She'll be down, and I'm going to do the the qualifier for Clash in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll be going down to that one. Um, so,
0: who talked you into that one? Was it Anthony or Tyler?
1: <laughs> um, actually, nobody. Um, so when I was getting ready for the Rainier, I I fucked up my adductor. Um,
0: oh, that's that's right. I forgot that you were on I've the had, a roster for that.
1: Yeah, and I've had tons of injuries and. I mean, if you've had them, you know how much of a kick in the balls they are. Mm-hmm. And I, I I just, my body just had enough, like just doing the amount of weight I was doing for as long as I was doing it, being as small as I was in the class, my body just could not, it just couldn't do it anymore. Um, and just health reasons. I mean, I, I mean, when I went to worlds, I was two seventy, um, But then after the fact, I'm like, oh, let's, let's get really heavy. I can, I can get a lot stronger. I'm sure. Well, I got up to like 290 a little more. And I'm and then I had a bunch of health issues. So I kind of like mm-hmm. backed off the gas. Um, and then I kind of just like, well, you know, I guess I could go to worlds again, maybe make the final, but at the end of the day, like I don't have the genetics to win it. Sure. Um, so it's it's kind of like what's what's the point? Like the goal for the goal for me personally was just to go to worlds. Like that Mm -hmm. was, that was the goal. I did it, you know, and it's not a healthy thing for, for somebody (laughs) small to be doing. Yeah. Uh, So at some point, you know, and the injuries just kept on coming on and coming on. So I pulled back after they're near, I'm like, okay, if I'm going to continue competing, which I love competing, I've been doing it my whole life. Um, I need to go down to the 105s, the class that I'm normally would should be in. You know, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've always competed up a class my mm-hmm. whole life. Um, so diet down and, and compete, and there's getting you know to be more money in for the 105s now. Yeah. Um. Man, and I feel like you could do halfway decent in the class. So.
0: Yeah, you win. Uh, you win Nashville, and you win more money than you got at Worlds.
1: Right. Right.
0: <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, Nashville's shaping up to be a good show. I don't know how many they're up to now, but I know they had like twenty-one or twenty-two signups uh, a few weeks back.
1: I haven't even seen a competitors list. I I, actually, I don't think we've dropped one yet. I, uh, I I need to reach out to. I think Tyler's putting it on. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to reach out to him and and start getting some of the rules and how it's going to be, how the events are going to play out, so I can practice after we get back from down um
0: denver. yeah I, I imagine it'll be played similar or as close to as uh waco and denver were which is i mean it's pretty pretty simple rules all the basics you know with the events yeah um you know split times that anthony added to try and limit ties and whatnot are really the only difference between that and any other show i've really been to yeah
1: do you know if the deadlift was touch and go or paw or uh stop dead stop
0: dead stop yeah
1: good thank god
0: yeah, and they've been they've been adjusting the weight at the places depending on plates. And yeah, so they do like an I, athlete I vote. A
1: video and, and somebody told me they're like, oh, how many are you planning on hitting? Blah blah blah. I'm like, well, I'm going to do you know 6:45 for the reps, and then somebody said that it's going to be only like 6:25. That's
0: what it was. Then, yeah, at the last. And then I
1: heard, Right. So I don't. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. It's only 20 pound difference, and it's yeah. it's for reps anyway.
0: Yeah, but but for some people it makes the world a difference. It's pretty wild.
1: Yeah, I mean then it, it's an axle
0: too. There's true. They're not very uh, they're not nice. Yeah, not forgiving at all. <laughs> I'm curious, I wonder what dumbbell they're gonna use because they've used a different one at both the other shows.
1: Yeah, I, I think from my understanding it's gonna be the Thomas Inch.
0: Ooh, that'd be fun.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah, I need to get my hands on one of those. That's one that's one piece of uh, equipment I don't have.
0: <laughs> they're not cheap, man.
1: <laughs> i don't um but i got a ten in a small 10 inch slater that i made way back in the day close um, enough yeah yeah it's that's harder for me than a, a thomas inch so yeah. if i get good at that i can be good at a thomas inch
0: Tom, the thomas inch for what is for some reason the most natural dumbbell for me to press because i can just get that thing vertical right there on my shoulder no problem yeah,
1: i feel like i've only had to press one i mean i've pressed one at gyms like just screwing around with mm-hmm. buddies and stuff you know um but we've had one in giants live in a medley and that's what i noticed is when you kind of put that ball right in the side of your neck there yep or straight up um that's kind of how i learned it the last time i did it and uh, that's kind of what i planned on doing this time so
0: sure yeah is uh so obviously deadlift would be the the event that's usually in your wheelhouse of like you're going to win it what uh would you have any I mean, events
1: it it all depends i mean i you got to remember, like, I'm there to win the show, not the, sure. not the deadlift. So if I don't need to do reps on any of it, I'm not. You know, I don't, I don't plan to. I, I'm gonna hope that I do very well in the in the press medley to where I can go last. Um, yeah. so I know what I got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of good
0: 105s, so yeah,
1: it's not gonna be a walk in the park, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's been been interesting, too, because Waco was pretty cut and dry. The top three were going to be, for the most part. There was a couple of of guys that shook up some points, but they weren't necessarily real threats for the podium. Denver, there was probably five people that everybody was sure were because it was going to podium, depending on who you asked. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you saw what happened. But uh, Nashville, there's some heavy hitters going. You know, a lot of people are going to be shaken up if they don't already know that you're going to be there. You know, and then the, all, that's, all that's left is Jersey.
1: I don't, I don't know who, I really don't even know who's going.
0: Um, we'll get Tyler to drop that list so everybody knows at the same time. Yeah,
1: I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I do know that, um, I don't think Gary is doing it anymore. Um, well, he's I, been I back think,
0: and forth, but yeah, I don't think so.
1: Yeah, I don't think he's quite ready, um, so and I know he was signed up for it
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but he has his tricep and stuff
0: yeah yeah it takes some time to get past so <laughs> yeah yeah what uh some is that just your plan moving forward is this clash or are you uh thinking of any other no. shows?
1: um so far I'm gonna do stone obviously um I don't know. I, I, am not going to decide until that day, um, if I'm going to do the sandbag or the farmers, um, I did them in training, um, a couple of times. So we'll see how I feel that day, Yeah, Uh, especially after the cut too. Um, you know, that cut's going to be different. Um, so I got the stone plan for sure. Nashville's planned. Um, if everything goes well in Nashville and I qualify for clash, I'll be at clash. Um, definitely going to look into OSG. Okay. Um, I'm waiting for Rob to come out with what the plan (laughs) is as far as America's strongest man,
0: you and everybody else,
1: man. (laughs) If I'm able to do America's Strongest Man uh, for 105, I will. Sure, yeah. Um, Those would be the only shows that I can think of. Um, I mean, if you can't tell, it's basically where the money is, is that's kind of where I'm going to go Yeah. um, or try to go.
0: Yeah, makes sense. I mean, if you're you're dropping down a class, you've competed with much stronger folks, (laughs) (laughs) at least at one point, you know. You might as well just go and follow the money and see what you can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah What uh, what would you say? I mean, obviously you said that your tendons have developed well um, because you started too young lifting heavy. Uh, Would you have any secrets or any advice for anybody on how to stay in the sport for 15 plus years? Because not many people do that.
1: Yeah. Oh, man, I got great advice. (laughs) The people that tell you to max out in the gym and the people that tell you to continuously go heavy, don't do it. Go the other way and never listen to a thing that comes out of their mouth. That That's the issue. But the thing is, is we all, I still do it. I still go in the gym and just say, screw it. I'm just going to lift heavy. Right. That, that's what we like to do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's when you do that so often you break, I mean, it takes two weeks for your CNS to recover. I mean, minimum. So you got it. You got to know when to back off. But a lot of these, a lot of the guys, you know, they, I, I get it. You know, I get it as a, as an athlete, I get it. I did it, <laughs> but I did it enough to where I, I got injuries from it. And I'm here to tell you that that's, that's what's going to happen if you continue it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them, a lot of them won't learn though, until, until something happens. Um, sure. But yeah, that my biggest is take it slow, take it slow and, and enjoy it. Um, I think a lot of people, Forget that it is a hobby for ninety nine point nine percent of us. Yep. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah, people just try to rush it, right? Mm-hmm. And you are going to get hurt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Impatience. I think uh, yeah. powerlifting, strongman, strongman especially, uh, people get a little greedy with some of their lifts and focusing too much on heavy events specifically too. They don't take the time to like develop the technique or develop, uh, develop that base muscle that you need to really compete too. you know? Yep.
1: Yeah. Technique is everything. Um, I mean, there's, I'm not as strong as the the heavyweight guys, but I was just good enough to get my technique good enough. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, if you can get those big guys that are just stupid, strong to have good technique, well, then you have one of the best in the world. Um, but yeah a lot of people lack the technique and, and breakdown of the movement i think mm-hmm. um, but that's every sport right sure tell you better yeah. if it was easy everybody would win
0: <laughs> yeah do you have uh you have any ambition to go back after your deadlift world record now that somebody took it
1: uh i don't know so i guess i need to i know obviously i'm invited to do the clash one Mm-hmm. um i and that they, they're promoting that for the american record um obviously i have the american record i don't know if they're gonna have that deadlift part of clash is it part of the events of the competition or is no, it no 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 it's out of it
0: it's a separate event yeah
1: right and then i i don't know if it's before the competition yeah, or, right so there's so many variables um man, I'd love to do it, and I know I can do it mm-hmm. but if if it's not in the card, like I need to, I'm focusing on the shows right now um that's that's where the money is unless they're gonna put up some good money for it, like absolutely I'm gonna do it yeah um, but there's there's bigger money winning the competition uh unless it's you know if it's after the competition and I feel, feel good like I'll do it um uh, but you know i but at that time then I gotta evaluate what other competitions are are coming sure um yeah i'd love to do it at the end of the day but i'm going to be smart about it And if it's not <laughs> right it's not worth yeah. it i'm not going to do it.
0: yeah i think that's the right call um uh, yeah. one of the what was that
1: yeah i, I just agreed with you oh. uh
0: yeah one other thing that i was going to ask too when we were talking about uh being in the sport for so long um how have you viewed because starting in 2006 or seven that's way before i was into it How have you viewed like the weights changing over that span of time, like going up significantly, I'm I'm guessing.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's crazy. Uh, Let's see. So back then when I first started, if you were a 105 and you were pressing a 300 log, you were like, you're the man. (laughs) And if you're, you're a heavyweight hitting 400, you're the man. And you're hitting 800 deadlift at a heavyweight. You're the man like that. Those were the numbers then. Wow. I mean, and now they're, you know, 100 pounds more on the on the pressing and 300 more on the on the deadlift. <laughs> um, Yeah, it's, it's crazy. The, the, the yoke, some of the basic events, though, other than the static stuff, the basic events like the yoke walks, the farmers, any sort of, you know, stones, uh, stones in some of the bigger shows now are getting heavier. But back then, I mean, my brothers that were the 105 guys, they were loading 400s back then. Um, But so the the static events are quite a bit higher, but the moving events are, I think, are pretty similar.
0: Um, Yeah. Do you think the static events is just uh, a lot of people figuring out technique over the years and it finally (laughs) getting into people's brains or what?
1: Um, Yeah, I'm sure there's a mixture of things, right? It's one person just needs to do it right and then yeah. four others are right behind and then this gets pushed further and i'm curious to see what it's going to be like in five more years um it'll be crazy
0: yeah i mean just since 2015 we've now got double digits guys pulling a g yeah you know
1: yeah yeah that that was insane
0: yeah it's pretty wild and then uh I mean, I think those numbers are just going to keep going up. I think we'll have a couple of 1,100-pound deadlifters here in the next two years probably. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: yeah there'll, be, there'll be a bunch of guys doing it. I mean, there was. Well, I think there's, what, three guys that are pretty dang capable of it right now, um, yeah. and there's guys working for it for next year from my <laughs> understanding. So I guess I'd be disappointed if it didn't happen now at this point, right? Yeah. They've been trying to break it for
0: quite a while. Yeah. It's kind of wild when, when that perception of what's really crazy gets skewed to like now there's two people have pulled over 1100 pounds and you see all yeah. these people pulling, you know, 1020, 1030, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's a thousand pounds. just isn't even all that impressive anymore to watch. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, it's nuts.
1: Yeah. I remember I was fortunate enough to watch Eddie pull his 500 in person. It was, Oh, you were there. Yeah, that's when I got to go for the world when I got invited for the world deadlift championships. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so that was that was a surreal moment. That was pretty wild.
0: Yeah, that'd be super exciting to watch. I couldn't imagine being there for something like that. How uh how electric was that crowd afterwards?
1: Oh, it was nuts. It was nuts. Yeah, it was everybody were on their feet. Some people crying, some people, you know, yelling. It was <laughs> it was awesome.
0: Yeah, I feel like cuz I was in That wasn't here, right? That was in England.
1: Yeah, it was in. uh,
0: What was that? Leeds. Okay, was in Leeds. If people over there just take this stuff to a different level, like they 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 love watching it. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: it's definitely fun competing over there. That's for sure.
0: Oh, I bet. (laughs) Yeah, I had uh, so I had a couple of questions people asked me to ask you. I think we covered most of them, but uh... oh god. Uh I'm supposed to ask you about cutting in line at the Arnold. Apparently you cut somebody in line at the Arnold. I don't know. Darren Zola oh, asked me to ask you. Who did? Darren Aaron Zola. Garrett.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I was, I think we were late to it or something like that. Or I was. Kim was able to walk in because she was competing that year. And I seen he was in line. So I, I'm like, well, I'm with him now. So I just jumped <laughs> under the line with him. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's good. People, I I talk to him a lot. He's got a podcast as well. I don't know if you listen to it, but
1: Uh, I think I've seen it posted. Yeah, I haven't. Him and 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 uh, I think his wife is Amy.
0: Yeah, I'm unsure on that one. Nice people. Yeah. Uh, Uh, How on earth did you figure out your immaculate deadlift and stone technique? And
1: let's see. Deadlift, I mean, I still kind of tweak it, uh, especially now that I lost weight. Um, my mechanics are changing. Mm-hmm. Basically, you just got to know the fundamentals of the deadlift, right? Your bar path, figuring out the perfect bar path, um, and then figuring out your mechanics to put your body in that position to have that straight bar path,
0: right? I don't know.
1: It's hard to explain.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah I got you. What uh, You said you got to change your mechanics up a little bit because you're losing weight. I've, I've been there before. Are you, uh, when you're a little I'm a smaller, I'm, you're what? I'm, I'm a
1: lot better at deadlifting when I'm lighter.
0: Really? Okay, that's
1: The lighter I am, the more I can deadlift. Um, so when I was up in like the 280s, uh, my stomach would be descended. So mm-hmm. when you come down to the bar, once you get down and your stomach hits and your belt hits your quads, well now you're gonna start rolling your back and you're gonna mm. you're opening up. So a lot of big guys, if you watch them, they they're really fast off the floor, but their their lockouts are shit. Mm-hmm. So it's happening is their stomach is hitting their legs and it's rolling their upper back down. So when they start to pull, they got so much speed from the floor because big guys have got all that pressure coming down, right they're trying to pull themselves down. So they get all this speed up. Well, because their starting position was shit. Now their lockouts are, are shit. Hmm. So the the better you can make your starting position, the easier a lockout's lockouts going to be.
0: Gotcha. Have you, um, do you have to adjust your uh, foot position when you're losing weight?
1: No, no, really? I, I don't, I don't adjust my foot position much. Um, it's more so, the he- I learned the heavier I got, the better I had to be about really pulling myself under the bar, like okay. pulling the slack out of the bar. Because if I just went to the bar, I would start to roll, right? So if I bring the bar in and I have all that tension, well, then I got all that bend. Mm-hmm. Well, now because I'm pulling probably what, two, three, four inches until the slack's out, well, now I'm in that position to stand up gotcha so the heavier i got i, I you just got to be better about being tight okay um, and the lighter i get i can just get into a, a better position easier yeah that's um, <laughs> just how it is yeah
0: yeah it makes sense I, I find similar i mean i've bounced around from i've competed as 231 all the way up to i've weighed you know 282 at a show once uh, Good. definitely makes a difference with the gut. I found though, and maybe it's just me, I had to widen my stance the heavier I got. Like I just couldn't really fit into the bar the way I wanted to. Yeah.
1: I mean, I would assume that'd be different for everybody, sure. uh, depending on, you know, how much weight are you putting where? Right. right. Um, so, but yeah, and I, I never had to really go out with my feet. Um, and I, I think a lot of, I think some people are way too narrow um, yeah, you're not it that just drives me nuts but but they still pull good weights yeah. um so it is what it is yeah it's- um, <laughs> the deadlift yeah the deadlift all i got is i mean years of practice right lots of video footage and then just critiquing my form and repeat 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 um i'm very big on i don't care if the barbell's 135 or it's 900 Everything needs to be the same. Okay. Like, I, I preach with a lot of our clients that, like, I don't care if it's 135 and you just want to yank it and throw it around and whatever, that's fine. But your technique better be perfect. Like, no being lazy and rounding your back and just doing it because you can do it and moving up weight. You don't get to go up in your weight until you make that set perfect. Because if Got you it. can't make 35 perfect, you ain't making 900 perfect makes sense um, yeah just a lot of repeat 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 repeat
0: yeah well i mean i think it's similar to i have a, a throwing philosophy that once you start missing your throws stop stop you're just building bad agreed. mechanics
1: 100 percent agreed the more people do so like uh so for instance well around the deadlift topic um I'll I've, I've had people, you know, I've deadlifted with watching them. They're doing their deadlifts, you know, whatever. And then you can start seeing it's kind of falling apart and then they're breaking down. They're getting frustrated. Basically I'll just stop them. Billy, like, you just stop because now you're doing more reps wrong and mm-hmm. you're just building bad motor patterns. You're letting, you're, you're teaching your body something, even though you're, you're not trying to, you're still doing it. Yep. So you need to just stop. Even if you need to come back tomorrow to like, you know, redo whatever, Fix it right away. That's what that's why I like uh we have a, a pretty good group of people that come here daily to train. Mm-hmm. And it's easier for me to help them because I can fix that shit before it happens, right? Like, hey, you didn't do 135 right, make it right first mm-hmm. and then move up. Because if you just move up and nobody says, Hey, this is wrong, this is wrong, you're not fixing it the further you get along. Like you just built all those bad motor patterns your entire warm-up. Mm-hmm. Um So I'm I'm just big on, on perfection. Right. Um, And you have to be, um, or you can get injured. um, You're not going to be able to do as much weight.
0: Uh, Especially in a sport like this, where there's so many different variables to the implements used, you know, uh, uh, the the implements can change at any given show. So if you don't have the basics, like down packed, a little variation in that log or variation in that axle or whatever it is, can really fuck you up.
1: Absolutely. I agree with that
0: 100%. Um,
1: Yeah, and then I think what was the other part of the question? Uh, Uh,
0: Stones, if you have any critiques on stones.
1: Yeah. um, I feel like a lot of people try to do fancy bullshit um, (laughs) with stones. Just load stones. Um, Get better at loading stones. If you one thing I see a lot of people do is they just load to height. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I try to put the bar. Like I like my, my favorite loading days are when I go to like max height.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's what builds stone loading. Like when you can get into that triple extension and like throw stuff up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so explosiveness, um, the technique is obviously big with loading stones knowing where to put your hands where to get your feet blah 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 other than that i mean i i just think a lot of people are don't want to do just stones because they don't want to have tachyon they don't want to go through the process because yeah it it does suck setting them up and doing them and cleaning up i get it but you still got to do them um and i feel like a lot of people steer away from just doing them uh for that reason no. um yeah they and they and they are unsafe if you do them wrong but if your technique is right you you should be 100 percent safe <laughs> um and if even if they don't want to do stones i grab a sandbag right like it's a fun workout if you just like put a bar at 48 inches and you grab a i don't know a 250 to 300 pound sandbag and you do 48 inches and then you move it up an inch and then you do another load and you move it up and you just see how high you can go. Like it's fun. And it, and it teaches great motor patterns to explode up as you know, you're going higher and higher. So, you know, you got to load at that high. Yeah. And I just feel like a lot of guys, they just load to this height all the time. Mm-hmm. But they don't teach their bodies to go up and pass. Right. Um, a lot of times when I load, I don't really even pay attention where the bar is, or anything I'm just I'm just going full right? force yeah. every time. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think that's biggest um a lot of it comes with the right warm-ups too. Mm. Um so one thing I'm really big on um obviously I have a specific time frame of stretching before I train. Um but before like I do my compound movement say for instance I'm uh I don't know I'm going to do a log press. I start with my log press. People will just do some stretching, maybe warm up the rotators, and then they grab a log. Mm -hmm. Before I grab the log, I'm not pre-exhausting, but I'm activating and pumping blood into my lats, into my core, into my glutes, into my quads. Specific muscle groups for that compound movement because if you just grab a log and you start doing log press, how do you know your quads are firing properly? How do you know your glutes are firing properly? How do you know your lats are firing properly? If your lats aren't firing properly, your elbows are going to drop, and then you're you know, it just go right. So if you're not activating those specific muscle groups, how do you know they're actually firing and working properly for the actual movement?
0: Sure. Yeah.
1: Um, so I'm I'm big on that, and I think that transfers a lot. Like mm-hmm. before I deadlift, a lot of times. Um, like before I did the 105 deadlift record, that whole entire training cycle, I did, I was doing front squats before every deadlift session, like even before like my 900 pulls, like I was doing front squats before I even touched my deadlift, just because okay. at that point in time, I had kind of a, um, I had a a bad mind to muscle connection of pushing through the ground, right? I had a, I don't know. I, I just didn't think of it properly. So that was my way of fixing that by starting with my front squats, because if I can get the barbell off the ground, I'm going to, I'm going to finish it. Mm -hmm. So it's getting the barbell to go to move. So I needed to learn to have that leg drive, right? Gotcha. So to trick my mind, I started with front squats, so then I'm doing front squats where you're doing, you're pushing your feet through the floor. You're pushing your feet through the floor. Then when I grab a barbell to deadlift, I'm pushing my feet through the floor, and and it worked, right? Yeah. So there's just different things people I I think don't do that can really benefit their workouts um, and prevent injuries. Um, yeah. And I think that I think a lot of core activation is neglected, glute <laughs> activation. <laughs> yeah. Um, like when, when some of our clients come and I take them through it, like they're sweating before we even grab, like,
0: yeah, that that's what I was going to ask too, is like, when you, when you're talking about activating these muscles or doing the front squats before deadlifts and stuff like that, to what yeah. extent or what kind of um, so that, schemes are you doing? Yeah.
1: So the, the front squats, that was a whole different thing. That was just for like, to build that connection. The mm-hmm. activation is a little bit different, right? So the activation I'll run through something were you know like dead bugs um one of my buddies taylor has got me hooked on those so i'll do dead bugs i'll probably do i don't really count any reps to be honest um there's no point i kind of do two sets of everything so i'll kind of set up like a little circuit where i'm hitting a core here i'm hitting my quads here glutes whatever it is right that i need to do Mm -hmm. and i'll do two rounds of it but so say i'm doing dead bugs i'm just going to do them I'm not counting. I'm doing them. I'm contracting. And I'm just going until it hurts. And when it okay. hurts, I do a little bit more and then I stop. But, like, when I'm done with my two rounds, like, I got a good pump in in those specific areas. So, I know it's working. I know it's firing. Gotcha. And then I move on to the main movement.
0: Makes sense. Yeah, it yeah. sounds <laughs> kind of similar to, like, the Dead Bugs too. specifically sound really similar to, like, McGill's Big 3. I don't know if you're familiar with Stuart McGill, but.
1: Yep absolutely um core training is very under underrated um yeah. and actually every everybody right like mm-hmm. we're all guilty of it right oh i'll do core at the end i'll do <laughs> core at the end right mm-hmm. that's just how it is um but yeah that that's it's one thing i feel that uh that's big and glute training um core and glutes i feel are are neglected a lot in
0: What a lot of people struggle with that. What do you do specifically to hit your glutes versus, you know, standard squats and shit like that?
1: Um, I mean, it's really hard for me to specifically hit them. Mm -hmm. I, I guess I'm able to, I have a really good mind to muscle connection when it comes. I I'm really good with like bodybuilding movements, right? I'm really good Mm -hmm. at contracting what I want to. Um, I can get my, my, uh, hyper extension, a weighted hyper extension. I can normally get that. If I keep my chin tucked, I can keep it out of my lower back and I can keep it all in my glutes. Um, hip thrusts. I don't know. I kind of have a mixed feeling on them. <laughs> um, I, if you, I, I tend to stay lighter with them and really focus on the squeeze of it. Right. And the tension, right? I think more bodybuilding. Where I, when I when I do assessors and I do that type of stuff, I, I try to think more like a bodybuilder. I try to shut my strongman ego lifting off, right? Um, I do like uh the good girl, bad girl machines. I know it's not glute specific, but you can make it glute specific. Yep. And I feel that a lot of a lot of strongman guys, we're all we're always in our shoulder width position a lot of the times with our feet, right? Mm -hmm. So we're always moving with close or shoulder width, right? We're deadlifting that way. We're pressing that way. We're doing all this stuff that way, but we never get any adductor work like sumo, like wide stance. We don't get any of that. And I feel like a lot of people in strongman neglect that because Mm -hmm. they're like, Oh, sumo deadlifts are bad. Well, you don't need to do those specifically, but you still need to do adductor training, glute training. And, and sumo deadlifts, I I love um, Ukrainian deadlifts. I can I I kind of do a variation of those. More like a, I like putting my feet not super wide but wide mm. and doing like an RDL with a pin. Okay, um, that destroys my glutes and the the hamstring tie-in. Um, but yeah, I I I don't have any specific tricks for glute training to be honest i just kind of i know what i'm able to do to contract them and make them work so i kind of just stick with that um yeah
0: yeah. i think i think just a lot of people struggle to activate them in their lifts in general especially if they're doing just you know your basic strongman movements you know they might be squatting or front squatting but they're probably not doing anything that's actually activating like the good girl bad girl i mean this is arguably the only sport
1: like I'm sure I look like a, you know, a crazy guy in the gym sitting on there. But <laughs> hey, man, it works. And, yeah,
0: and I mean, like, uh, it's arguably the only sport where you have heavy weight in a three dimensional plane. You're moving in all directions. Why would you not train your body to be right? able to move in more than you know just shoulder width movements?
1: Right. And I and I feel like that that why you know the sumo deadlifting. I I do feel that does transfer over to. Mm-hmm conventional deadlifts right
0: Um, I'm sure it does yeah so that's just my take on it okay Uh, I had one more for you it was a how does it feel to be the coach of the next big-time heavyweight Michael Payne
1: what's that did your (laughs) phone my phone cut out or something
0: how does it feel to be the coach of the next big-time heavyweight Michael Payne
1: Oh, <laughs> Joe, Joe. <laughs> um, he's one of our clients, probably just talking shit. <laughs> uh, he, he's an upcoming pro guy. He's going to be, he's going to be good. Okay. We have a lot of, um, we have a lot of big guys that we help. Um, I think we have like, I want to say seven guys that are like over six, three. Jesus. Yeah yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: Wow. Um, but, uh, I was going to ask too about your clients. Um, I don't know how many clients you have, but do you have a lot of like pros or do you have a lot of like gen pop people? What's your like consistency there? Um, um
1: right now, let's see at the moment, I think we have eight pros. Wow. Um, I we've had at one point, I you mean, know, all the way up to 12. Um, but it's like anything else, you know, they, Train with us for a while, then move on to something else, sure. something different. Um, uh, just how it goes. Um, but yeah, we have. I would say we have a mixture. Um, we got masters guys. We have lightweight guys, masters women, um, pro women, pro men. We don't have any. I don't think we have any 105 pro guys. I don't stop. No, we don't. I know we don't. Um, but we yeah we get a lot of the heavyweight. We got a lot of big heavyweight guys. If okay. I had to like say that's the most that we have. Mm-hmm. Um it'd be definitely the heavy heavyweight guys.
0: Gotcha. Um, yeah. And then uh Kim competes too, right?
1: Yep. Yeah, she she did the uh <laughs> you uh, had a doctor. <laughs> uh yeah, she did the the Rainier, um and then I don't I don't know what she. I'm assuming she's going to do the clash. I know she's invited for it.
0: The 84 kilo or?
1: Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. She walks around at like 175.
0: Perfect. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm assuming clash would be next Perfect.
0: for her. 82 kilo. Sorry, it's 64 kilo and 82, not 84. My bad.
1: 82. Yeah, I think it's 181 yeah. in pounds. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. How'd she do yeah, it right yeah, here? I, I don't. I don't remember.
1: Yeah, she did Rainier. Um, I forgot how it. I forgot how it ended up placing. So she ended up zeroing the stone. Mm-hmm. She she's loaded her the three thirty stone several times and for a double, uh, but her tacky was just crap, um, and she just couldn't get grip on it. And it was kind of, it was either she needed to load it to be in the on the podium, or, you know, so it was. There's no point in moving that stone out of the way to grab the light one yeah you're not point, gonna right you either load it or you don't um yeah. i want to say she then ended up like fifth or sixth Maybe i could be totally wrong but i know she needed to load that to, for the podium so that was gotcha that, why she chose that um and that's just how it is you know shit happens yeah. so but yeah she'll be good i i'm excited for the the 82 class uh class at uh the clash
0: have they that's the okay so that's the same time as the normal clash too because it's going to be i think they're on saturday right the girls have their own day saturday
1: i think so i believe so yeah cool yeah so
0: hopefully you'll uh get your spot and you'll both be there
1: right yeah that will be fun
0: that's the plan if uh if for some reason you don't podium in Jer- or in nashville are you gonna go to jersey and try?
1: um i I would assume so um yeah yeah i mean i I guess i'd have to look and see what it is but yeah i don't i mean i don't want to miss out on it because it is it's good money um for the clash uh and there's really not much else to do other than osg and who knows about anything else right now i guess
0: yeah and i mean osg and even asm typically is later in the year anyway so you have plenty of time yeah. to recover and
1: yeah 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 so let's we'll see how this 105 thing goes um I'm not a fan of not being able to eat what I want uh <laughs> that's very different because I've been trying to eat as much as I can for my whole life yeah. uh, but other than that it's not too bad
0: did you say what you were weighing? Like right now, you were you were in the two sixties. Are you still there? And then cutting down, or are you, are you already cut a little no, bit?
1: No, uh, the hell was I this morning? I was fifty
0: two, fifty three. Okay, Oh, you're right there. You'll be fine.
1: Yeah, I'm not worried about it. I I mean, I did it from two sixty. <laughs>
0: yeah, so I, I, don't I recommend I can that.
1: Do it. I know I can do it. I I would never recommend it to anybody. It was it was very stupid. <laughs> it was very stupid. Um. Yeah, so 250 should be, you know, get to 250, water cut the rest, should be fine.
0: Yeah, IV up and get ready to go.
1: Yeah, yeah, I already booked, already booked my spot for that. Um, there you go. Darren got that all set up for us, thankfully.
0: Hmm. Has a, uh, yeah, it's probably the same guy that did the Denver one, um, the Denver Clash series one. He was a really cool, dude. It was he was really helpful. Yeah, um,
1: yeah you see be on top of everything so that's uh that's good i'm yeah. happy
0: about that um how has that changed over the years at all the iv bags for 105s cutting i know like at least when i started and i was doing cuts like i didn't know anybody was doing that shit
1: man when i was young i was the most naive kid ever we'll just leave at that
0: gotcha that's, <laughs> that says plenty all right <laughs> Um.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, everything evolves. I mean, and that's just how it is. And I'm sure in five years we're gonna look back and be like, "Oh, that was nothing." Look what, look what's happening now, guys! are cutting. Yeah. They found a way to cut from 270.
0: Um, Probably. I mean, well, we'll see too. I know Rob's, especially in Strongman Corp. Rob's looking to change the weight classes. So, I mean, who knows?
1: Yeah, I, I know he's gonna change the. I I heard. All right, I listened to that. Um. But I don't I would I guess I I don't know this, but I would assume that the 105 class is never gonna change. I don't know. Because it's such an international class.
0: That's what I I was wondering too, because it's it it crosses all kinds of boundaries across the world, right? Right. So it would be a strange one to change.
1: Right. So that one, I guess I just don't see it changing. Sure. I mean, I hope it does change and it goes up. That's good for me. (laughs) Yeah. But to be honest, I I just I don't see it changing. I feel like that class is just kind of Mm -hmm. it's been the start, right? That was the class. It was one hundred five and under and one hundred five and over. Yeah. Um. So I guess I I would I would hate to see that go away.
0: Yeah, we'll see. I don't. I mean, he's got a lot of ideas. I don't know how some of them are going to play out, but yeah.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe he'll open up like uh, a 275 or 300 uh, pro men's class.
0: That would be interesting.
1: That would be very nice. Um, But I guess we'll see. We'll all find out together.
0: (laughs) Yep. yeah. Looking forward to it. This next year is going to be wild for strongman, I think.
1: Yeah. But from my understanding, I don't think anything is changing class wise this year.
0: Uh, Right. Uh, Yeah he's it's it's all yeah yeah it's going to be announced yep. he says hopefully june 2022 for the 2023 season so yep. everybody's got time to figure it out yeah yep i don't think anthony will be changing 105 class for strength lead at all so
1: no no that <laughs> that ain't going anywhere not for clash no it's the, again that's the start of clash too like i don't know i don't see the 105 class going away i feel like that's. That's kind of a staple. I mean, it's it's been there from day one.
0: I think it would be interesting too if he chose to change the 105 class in Strongman Corp because depending on which direction he went and where it cut off and whatnot would alter. I mean, how many people would just not compete in Strongman Corp anymore and just stick to the Clash series because they fit into that category, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll see. I mean, yeah. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure they've thought about it and I'm sure they got reasons for everything and we'll find out.
0: Yeah. I hope they have reasons for everything. We'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, mean- I,
1: I feel, I feel bad for Rob though. I feel like he took yeah. he was taking some heat for a bit there and yeah. Know, and I know feel- Rob a long time and I, I, he just wants to grow the sport and he wants everybody to be happy. So it's sure. It's going to be hard to, you know, for him to try to make everybody happy, but also make the right business decisions. But.
0: And that's what it comes down to too. And I mean, people on both sides forget, you know, which side, the other, the other side's objective, right? Like everybody yeah. that's complaining about this is upset, but it's also like, it is a business. Yep. Yep. And they have to have money to be able to reward money. Yep. But yep. you know, you also don't want to lose that, uh, <laughs> Uh, grassroots start of strongman by going too far into the uh, white collar yeah. business side of things. So it's, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. feel for him too. I reached out to him after my podcast with him. Cause I know he caught a bunch of heat and was kind of yeah. talking over some of the changes that he was figuring out, but yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't I'm
1: sure he can do good things with it. I, I have no worries about it.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't envy his position right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, thanks. <laughs> Well, man, I'll that's stay uh, that.
1: I stay that's, out of all that drama.
0: Yeah, smart man. Well, that's all I got for you tonight, man. I appreciate you taking the time.
1: Absolutely. Um, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, man. I'll see you in Denver here in a week and a half. Are you gonna be out there? Yeah, man. I'll be there. I'm. Uh, I'm gonna be filming. i um, doing some stuff for some documentary and whatnot that I've got going on and YouTube stuff. So.
1: Heck yeah! All right, man. I'll uh, I'll catch you later.
0: All right, yes. see, you, bud. But All right guys, that was Adam Dirks. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I will be looking for some new people to get on here. I think I got Mike O'Connor lined up and a few surprises. Uh, really looking forward to everything I've got in store and then some filming projects as I get to travel around to some of these shows. Uh, also, if you uh, or anybody you know is looking to start a podcast and want to do it through Buzzsprout, I've recently partnered with them a little bit. Um, if you use the link in my bio or my on any of my pages for the podcast, Spotify, Apple, whatever, and set up your own pay account for Spotify, they will send you a $20 gift card and it helps me out a little bit supports the podcast. I would really appreciate it. Um, just pass that along to anybody you know that might be looking to start one. All right. Thanks, guys.